All right, today we have Teemu Ilola, head of sales ops from a company called Lidu. Teemu, welcome. Thank you. Could you first tell us a little bit about Lidu? What do you guys do? Well, we're a conversion platform, um, and in a nutshell, our job is to ensure that when companies drive traffic to their page, and there's a lot of people on their website that they actually end up converting into leads. So in general, marketing is very good at driving traffic, and then they forget that they actually need to do something with it. So we try to help that solve that problem. Excellent. And the topic today is, of course, web ops. Um, Is your title sales ops or rev ops? Like what's your title and what do you do? Sales ops, but I'm the only sales ops person in the company. So it's kind of like sales ops, sales enablement um, mix up. But yeah, VP sales ops is the official title. Yeah. And do you focus only on new business ops or do you also cover marketing and CS or mainly, mainly new business? Um, mainly new business. I work very much hand in hand with our marketing. Well, we have a dear director of marketing ops as well. Um, but in reality, she's kind of driving the whole marketing department really. Um, but very much hand in hand with marketing, but focus on new business. Um, some small campaigns towards upsells as well, but not that much. Yeah. How about your background? Because we're of course keen on understanding what type of backgrounds people have in ops roles. Mm. Do you have background in? In, in sales or data or what's your, what's your background? Sales mainly. Um, I've studied sales and I've done sales for last 10-ish years, but um, during my three and a half years at Lidu, I've been an AE, then UK sales director, don't ask why, and then VP of sales and now VP sales operations. So very heavily sales background, but selling to all markets that we have. So a bit of a different outlook into the business then. And if if we use sort of bullet point approach, what are your roles uh, and responsibilities? How do you spend uh, your time? What are the tasks? Um, processes, tools, training, coaching, hiring, enabling, bullet points. There you yeah. go. Excellent, excellent. I think I think tools right now is has been a big one because we've implemented a new CRM. But um, tools and processes are kind of the two core things. That's interesting. So you mentioned that you have implemented a new CRM. That's HubSpot, right? Yeah. Um, who made a decision uh, that now it's time to implement the new CRM? Was it you or VP Sales or you guys together? How, how, how did that work? So it's been in the talks for about two and a half years. Um, for some reason, we moved away from HubSpot three years ago and now we went back. I don't remember why we did that. But um, it's been in the talk for a long time, but it wasn't really a sales decision uh, only and not my decision either. It was more like me, VP sales, CMO, CEO type of a type of a forum because we needed to make sure that sales and marketing can work together somehow. And HubSpot just felt most natural tool for that really. And most of us have some sort of experience with HubSpot as well. So it was a natural one, but we did like a, I think the process internally still lasted about six months when we did a, like a case study and or a business case and calculations of what we can like remove uh, if we implement HubSpot and how much will it cost more or less and so on. So it was still a a long process. Yep. And who are the main colleagues and other stakeholders? Who do you work with the most internally? I guess obviously VP sales, but who are the others? 
VP sales country leads who are kind of country leads are kind of sales directors in their country mainly. And then we have an SDR team lead who I used to manage before as well. Not officially anymore, but I work with him very much. And then somewhat with the kind of whole leadership team really about um, CFO and CEO as well, but mainly with VP sales and the country leads. You, you seem to have a very hands-on approach. Yesterday I saw on, on LinkedIn that you were doing mock calls with your new SDR. So is that also your approach that you're actually working actively with SDRs and AEs? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, in my opinion, I, I still kind of have to because I can't really, I don't, I don't want to be the type of a guy that I should tell people what to do, but I really don't know what they actually do and how to do the job. So I try to keep quite hands-on. Uh, but in reality, at the moment, our Finnish uh, country lead is not working right now. He's on uh, paternity leave. So I needed to step in with the new SDR coaching because I'm the only person that has the kind of experience with the SDR training and can do it in Finnish. So that was that was the real reason. But yes, I try to stay quite hands-on spend time with the teams as well at their offices as well. Yep. And I've seen a little bit how you guys use HubSpot. It seems that you believe in these uh, playbooks. Can you tell us some of the best practices? How, how do you use playbooks and uh, how do you sort of try to make it as a systematic habit for everyone in the in the company? We're not very advanced with the playbooks yet, but we're getting there. Uh, but I think two kind of main use cases. One of them is kind of having just the content at hand that you need. So we have a playbook that we call just useful content, which just in all simplicity, it has links to content that you can share with clients during your sales process. So if, if you're wondering what to say to a client in between meetings or whatever, you have case studies in there, you have webinar recordings in there, you have videos about the product and all that is stored in the CRM so you have it at hand and then the other one is kind of more playbook-ish which is uh, kind of called call scripts and qualifying questions objection handling which is more like when you are actually on the call as an SDR for example and you come up against a competitor somebody says we're using Drift then you can just pop it open real quick and see a couple of bullet points of how we compare to Drift if you don't remember it at the moment and just use it as you go And the, and the current setup that you have, you mentioned you have VP sales, you have country directors, and they act as sort of local sales directors, I guess, reporting uh, up to that VP sales. Then you have AEs yeah. and SDRs, right? Is that the yeah. setup? Yeah. And, and how about how about uh, the actual sales process? I would imagine Lidu having, uh, at least based on your website, ACV is around 10K euro annually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Do, is one person, is one AE owning the whole process or do you use also uh, like solution or sales engineers who come in and do the demo or does one AE own the whole process from the initial meeting to closed one? Well, the AE owns the process and they can use other resources when and if they need to. Um, uh, I think a couple of good examples, especially in, in the UK market, we use a lot of onboarding people in the meetings. So when when the process moves a bit further and the clients actually... Con, like thinking about actually taking lead into use, then we bring in an onboarding manager. We might build a couple of examples. This is what it would look like on your website and so on, and then introduce them to the kind of next contact person that would be if it went forward. And it creates a lot of trust in the process because they already get familiar with how the process works and, and who they would be working with. And then um we still do use quite a lot of kind of senior engagement in deals as well, especially with bigger companies. 
our, our founder might join the meetings, our CEO joins meetings, our CFO might join meetings and so on, depending on who we're speaking to, to kind of have, I guess, a bit of backup to the AEs if needed. But they do own the process. They don't need to bring anybody in if they don't want to, but the best ones do quite a lot. Yep. And, and uh, you're doing discoveries, I know that. And then mm. you mentioned before we started the recording that you also have in your deal pipeline, you have the discovery phase, and then you have something that I feel is quite a fresh concept called scoping phase. Can you tell us yeah. about that scoping phase and what, what is that all about? Yes, yeah, so we try to do a scoping meeting in between kind of discovery and demo. Um, quite often it turns into both, really, so it's kind of a, a doping meeting. It's an internal idiotic name for it, but um, the whole point around it, I guess, is that When you do a discovery and you find what's wrong and you find what you're about to fix and so on, then you start with your champion. You start building that business case around how do we actually sell this to the larger organization. So instead of just doing a demo to the champion and then they get excited, we actually build kind of a, a documentation around these are the issues. This is how we'll fix them. This is how this is what will happen if we fix it or if we don't fix it. And th- this is how important it is to actually solve. And then we use that documentation to sell the idea to the other buyers, economic buyers and so on, before demoing. So they actually know what purpose we're demoing for. So we, what we try to do is we try to qualify the opportunities a lot better before we're just demoing. Because quite often we end up doing a demo to the champion and doing another one and then doing another one. And then we do seven demos, but nobody knows why. So try to build that awareness throughout the whole kind of buyer journey. That's what we're trying to do. Yep. Let's talk about ICP a little bit. Uh, even though you mainly focus on on new business, I guess since you're part of the management team, you also care about net revenue, retention mm-hmm. numbers, and so on. And obviously, selling to ICP helps with that. Uh, maybe first, just quickly, like uh, roughly, what what is your ICP? How do you define ICP when it comes to what type of companies are ideal fit uh, for Lido? Big picture ICP is that we want to sell to companies that we know we can help companies that have over 5,000 visitors a month on their page and with a revenue over 5 million annually, typically it goes higher. Um, and we don't really work with e-commerce either. So it's more like it can be B2B or B2C, but it's mainly a product that they're selling or a service that they're selling that's a bit more complex to buy. So if it's very e-commerce, very transactional, yep. then it's not as much of help to usually do so more complex buying processes bigger contract values enough traffic enough revenue yeah. so some sort of company size indicator web traffic and then certain industries especially yeah. excluding certain industries very yeah. good uh, what what are the tools that you are using to make sure that that actually happens that people don't get creative and sell outside the icp like what what how do you make sure that people actually focus on that Salespeople always will get creative. That's a bit of an issue, and I think it will always be. But um, what we've done now is that we've implemented the whole process in a way that we have people that are actually mapping data, and they are mapping the data for the certain industries with certain criteria. Then we feed that data into SDRs and AEs, and that means that we can we basically we know who they are targeting. Obviously, we it can't be 100% accurate. Um, so there might be wrong companies within that one as well, but then it's obviously the SDRs and the AEs job to also qualify them out 
during the process, but we try to start it from the beginning. So map enough data to feed the salespeople that match the criteria that we want them to focus on. So they won't freestyle. Have you used any, any of maybe removing commission if you end up selling outside ICP or do people still get commission if they close the business, even though it's not ICP company? Don't tell anybody, but it's in the discussions to think about the commission structure in a way that you only get commission if you sell to ICP, because I think that's the only real way to, to create change. Yeah. Then I've also seen some RevOps teams and sales ops teams that they, they sort of remove the prospecting part from SDRs and AEs and that they actually do it on their behalf and they do it at like at bulk at scale. Uh, yeah. how, how is it at Lido? Are people independently SDRs prospecting or is sales ops sort of doing it for them to make sure that you focus on exactly the right type of accounts? Sales ops is kind of doing it for them. We have what we call a data team. It's a very small team of a, a few people. Um, and they are mainly doing all the, all the prospecting for the SDRs. But still for the Finnish market, the AEs are doing most of their own prospecting. Um, obviously we use tools like yours, uh, that makes it easier. But, um, in the international markets, I would say outside Finland, we are kind of trying to build all the lists to the SDRs on their behalf. You mentioned data team that is helping sales. Is that data team reporting to you or is it another data team that you have? Are they At the moment, it's reporting to our kind of SDR uh, manager. Yep. Um, I don't remember his title. It's not SDR manager, but he's an SDR manager. Um, simply because it's very simple, but they're in the same office. So if they run into any problems or there are any concerns or questions or kind of feedback from any of the industries or so on, it's very, the feedback loop is instant because they're there um logically they could be reporting it to me as well but it's the setup so far that they're still kind of under the sdr leader and often rev ops people they do new business then they also focus on ces and marketing and finance who's doing sort of customer success operations at Lido? do you have an individual or do you have a cs director who's then doing that or are you doing it on the side like who's, who's doing all that At the moment, it's on the uh, CS director to make sure that they're they're doing it. Um, probably moving on long term, if we get into using similar systems like perhaps bring CS into HubSpot as well, and so then it might make sense to centralize it. But right now, it's just the CS director's job. And what what is the responsibility that you have that you enjoy the most, like? What gets you excited in the morning in the in the sales ops role? I wasn't prepared for this question. Um, I think for me it's uh, helping others sell, like helping an individual actually close a deal. It, whether it's like through tools, through training, or actually joining meetings or whatever it is. But like somebody has a question, problem, case, and I help them solve it, and they actually close a deal. That gives me. And I enjoy that more than closing myself, which is weird, but I enjoy that more. Yeah. Another surprising question. What's the most difficult responsibility that you have? What are you struggling the most? Getting the country leads to commit to using the systems in a central, like in, in the same way in all the countries and to kind of, you know, 
make sure that trickles down to all the AEs and SDRs as well. So obviously we have playbooks and we have structure, but making sure that that actually gets implemented is the hardest part because I can't be managing individual AEs like system usage, for example. And when was it when you got VP sales ops role? Because you used to be uh, VP sales. When was it when you got that uh, VP ops role? Like 10, 11 months ago. Okay. And uh, now when you look back, like what's the biggest learning, like something that you would have, would have wanted to know already back then, something that you do know now, like is there something that, yeah, so basically a tip for all the other new ops people. Um, I guess know your numbers. <laughs> that's, a, that's a simple tip, but not just the sales numbers, but also the kind of bigger picture numbers, LTV, CAC, DNRR, all that stuff that actually like the bigger business targets and how you can impact those numbers with what you do to make it more kind of real. Excellent. Thank you so much for the interview, Temo. And then, of course, we have lots of people watching this, lots of RevOps, SalesOps people, and I guess Lidu is also a tool for them. If they want to try it out or see it in action, what's the best way to get in touch with you guys and, and see Lidu in, in action? Obviously, we're a conversion platform, so if you go to our page, we're going to try to convert you. So that's one one way, or then you can just message me in LinkedIn. I'm quite active there, so it shouldn't be hard to find. So people can actually see how it works when they go to lidu.com and then I guess there will be some sort of conversion engine that starts and uh, with the goal of converting you as a visitor, right? Yes, obviously. Excellent. Thank you so much for the interview. Thank you.